Hey everyone, welcome to episode 130 of Chasing Childhood. We are a weekly podcast that revisits our favorite childhood movies and video games to see if they still hold up as adults. And if you don't already know, my name is Steph. And I'm Lex. And this week, for one time (laughs) and one time only, we also rank Pixar short. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> I feel like one of those salespeople from like the 60s. I'm like, one time, one time only. Come get your ticket. <laughs> That's pretty good. I like that. <laughs> Half price for two people. Come on. <laughs> this week, we are finishing up Pixar Month by taking a break from movie reviews and instead revisiting pre movie movies. <laughs> pre movie <Question> films? <laughs> I'm not sure how to classify them. Right. And a special shout out and thanks to Kyle Corrado for suggesting we do an episode on Pixar shorts. You are the best. Thanks, Kyle. Thanks, Kylie. And just to clarify, we are ranking theatrical shorts, meaning only the shorts that are seen before Pixar films. We discussed how we watched Jack-Jack Attack and Aunt Edna last week, but shorts like that will not be included. And before you argue with us, we are going based on the official Pixar website as well. Yes. Honestly, I can't count how many times I've seen like Forky asks a question. I am Groot or Olaf presents on Disney Plus, but those shows are also not included and we are not going to review all of these shorts in depth. Instead, we're going to rank them into three tiers because if we reviewed all of them, this would be like a five hour episode. Just saying. It would be too long. These are already rewatching all of these already took longer than I anticipated. So (laughs) reviewing all of them would be a lot. Yeah. All right. So we will go through each movie and discuss which tier they fall under. Top tier being, hell yeah, brother. The (laughs) ones we don't hate but also don't love will be in the next tier under lukewarm. And the bottom tier will be labeled nightmare fuel. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny because I like how the middle tier is lukewarm, but also like who really likes lukewarm stuff? Like (laughs) who really likes it? I feel like I I hate lukewarm stuff, but you know what? We'll go with it. I feel like I like lukewarm if I'm like thawing something like a piece of meat. (laughs) It needs to be in lukewarm water. (laughs) True. All right, guys. So enough chit chat. Let's get started. All right. Let's go from the very beginning. Yeah, we're going to start in chronological order based off of like when they were released. Um, And we have our own little personal descriptions of each movie. (laughs) I was giggling to myself when I was writing these. (laughs) The first movie came out in 1984 and it's called The Adventures of Andre and Wally B. And it's about a guy in a field getting stung by a bee question mark (laughs) it was directed by alvy ray smith so yeah (laughs) this uh this little short was some i don't even know what this is about i'm not gonna lie yeah i'm gonna be really honest with you this is the shortest of all the shorts it's like two two minutes long two and a half minutes long yeah i don't know what occurs in this short (laughs) He gets stung by a bee, but like, yeah. there's no message. There's no comedy. Yeah. There's not really anything. 
this really just felt like a practice round. Like it how really when, did. Like how when you were a kid and you would like lose at something and you'd be like, no, that was a practice round. Let's try again. <laughs> That's what this felt or like. Or like a film student's like senior project where it's like yeah. not great, but you know that they spent a lot of time doing it. And like for a student, it's great. But like in the real world, everyone would look at it and go like, hmm. Yeah, this is <laughs> it's a, like it's a choice. This is like 10th grade graphics design class yeah. project, like baby's first Photoshop fail. Yeah, exactly. I don't know about you, but I would label this under nightmare fuel. I did not care to watch this again. I would label it nightmare fuel. It's not even that it scared me. It just yeah. like, wasn't good. <laughs> so. I feel like we should change. So I feel like we should make nightmare fuel slash like absolutely not. Like, <laughs> yeah, just like disappointing. Let's yeah. like nightmare fuel slash disappointing. So this one goes under disappointing for me. Yeah, I like that. So this is definitely in our lowest tier. Agreed. Let's go to Luxo Jr. because that's the next one that was released. Right. It came out in 1986. Um, and this one and the next one, two, three, I believe three shorts were directed by he who shall not be named um mm. and do not google him because do not give him your time and this one is about the iconic pixar lamp and his child play with the luxo ball and it pops basically this one was fine it was clear that they were testing out how to make the lamp do stuff yeah like they had the iconic like little that it makes when mm-hmm. it like jumps on stuff so it's very clear they were testing out the dynamics of how the pixar lamp moved and was supposed to work and they were just kind of getting a feel for shapes and this one kind of reminded me of the animation for the first toy story where it's kind of like blocky and a little like too round and not detailed i don't know this one was lukewarm for me yeah this one was so strange because not even two seconds before we watched this one today, because I watched it with Maya and my sister Nikki. Not even two seconds before, I was like, Pixar should make a short about like the letter I getting revenge on the lamps. And then <laughs> we watched this one and it was like the lamp and its and its kid and it was really cute. The one little bit of magic that I really liked in this one is the end when like you see the giant roll ball roll by and then yeah. the big lamp kind of gives the viewers a look and like it's a lamp it doesn't have a face but you can tell by its mannerisms that it's like shaking its head yeah (laughs) you can read you can read the uh the body language but yeah I would definitely put this in lukewarm as well I probably wouldn't turn to it again um it was kind of forgettable but it was definitely better than Andre and Wally B yeah, I think that this one, yeah, for me as well, it's definitely lukewarm. Yeah. And it, at least this one had like a flavor of comedy in it. Like it had yeah. a couple comedic beats, which made it, I think, a level up for me. Like, I think everybody, for the most part, you either think of the shorts as like incredibly emotionally touching, like Pixar, or you think of them as very funny. And yeah. so this one at least had the funny aspect. So, yeah, lukewarm. All right. So I feel like we're going to be on the same page for like most yeah. of these. <laughs> Because we have taste. Because we are seasoned. We are seasoned <laughs> critics. We come with our own old bay. Um, so <laughs> the next one is Red's Dream. Came out in 1987. Description. 
creepy clown's retired unicycle. Yeah, big, big nightmare fuel for me. I did not like this. I texted Lex when this one started and I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> this is no, absolutely not. No, this no, one's no, no, a no. big oof for me. Um, yeah, it was a it was it was something it made. It looks like baby's first child's play like it. It was not fun. I was like, is this partly claymation? Was his head meant to look like a literal potato? Like, yeah. Why did he look like a deflating balloon? I don't understand. He just looks so lumpy. And I did not like that. And I don't like clowns. So I didn't want a clown on a unicycle. I did like how the unicycle kind of like stole the show because during the little short like the unicycles the one that's juggling but mm-hmm. I didn't like how the clown was just riding air for a good 30 <laughs> seconds I was like okay this is a little much um so this is definitely nightmare fuel for me slash absolutely not yeah big nightmare fuel I don't ever want to see that clown ever again so. yeah our next one is tin toy came out in 1988 an unsupervised demonic baby forces a terrified toy to play with him. Okay, so the only funny part of this whole thing was when the toy is running from the baby and he goes under the couch and there's all the other toys in there hiding. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like Toy Story 3 paid homage to this to this little short because they did that in Toy Story 3. Like when they were in Sunnyside yeah. and all the toys were under the, under the dresser and everything. So I did like that little callback, but... Ugh. I hated this. I hated this one probably more than I hated the Red's Dream one with the unicycle. I could not get over how creepy they made this baby. Like, yeah, it made baby noises, but it was horrifying to look at. Also, the plot didn't make sense. Like, you're going to tell me that baby is going to lay face down and cry and like no one's going to come and pick it up. Like, Okay. Yeah. The baby also looked like it hadn't been changed for a good 25 years. I was literally, what is happening? The baby's terrifying. Like, I thought the baby head spider leg thing from Toy Story 1 and the baby from Toy Story 3 were bad. Then I saw this 76 year old infant. I was like, like, he looks like cottage cheese. Why is he so lumpy? I don't understand. I don't get what like why there was so much lumpy animation in these early ones like it it's odd because like I didn't feel like there was anything lumpy in Luxo Jr. I felt like that was a very clean and maybe just because like what was in it was clean but all of these were so just like weird they were just lumpy and strange and I was trying to understand it because I was like these these were the really early obviously this this one came out in 1988 like before us so I'm like yeah I know it's really hard, especially for me, because like I like drawing a lot. It's very, very hard to make things look realistic. So I feel like maybe in a way they were really trying to make it look realistic Mm -hmm. and maybe just the software that they were using or like the animation styles and everything just wouldn't let that happen because the tin toy looked really cute. Like I, I could have watched a whole little series about just the tin toy because I thought his animation was adorable but there was just something about like the diaper was so chunky it at least was like five like like maxi pads thick like the thing was huge it didn't fit him like he had like t-rex arms and a big old biscuit head I didn't understand any of it (laughs) I think they were trying to balance cute animation and like whimsical animation with 
realistic animation. Yeah. And they hadn't chosen a side. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, when you get to Toy Story by that era, we've kind of leaned more into whimsical. Like, the family kind of look real, but they also definitely look cartoony. And, like, Woody looks cartoon. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they all kind yeah. of still look, like, animated, and we're trying less hard to make them look like actual real people or like a real baby and this feels like they were trying to strike a balance between real and whimsical and they Mm -hmm. did not hit it yeah and also the story just was not not there for me i was i did not like it i was like yeah this tin toy scared of the baby and then it hid under the under the dresser or whatever it hid under the couch and then it comes out it plays with the baby for a bit but then the baby starts chasing it again and it starts like running away i'm like is there anything else that's gonna happen with the plot like nothing else okay i'm kind of convinced that the baby was baby darla from finding nemo just (laughs) wanting to shake and destroy everything darla or syndrome Um, literally but yeah this one's absolutely not for me low bottom tier absolute nightmare fuel (laughs) (laughs) all right so the next one is knickknack it was released in 1989, and it is a snowman desperately tries to escape the confines of his snow globe prison. Dun, dun, dun. I tried to make these very dramatic. <laughs> very dramatic. <laughs> this one has always been in one of my top Pixar shorts. Really? I think that this one is so funny. Yeah. I just think it's hilarious. Like, I've never thought about, like... Would a snow globe person or something in a snow globe ever want to get out of a snow globe? (laughs) And I feel like this is also kind of like an inspiration for Olaf, like wanting to be in the sun and like wanting to hang out with all the people who are in the warm. And I don't know. I think that this one, this is a little, it's like a little crass. Like he's trying to get to all the girls in bikinis and then he keeps getting thwarted. I don't know. I just thought that this one was such a clever, fun, unique idea and it's also very special to me because I believe this is the one that comes before Monsters, Inc. Yeah. And I love it. I have a question. How is this snowman so thirsty? He lives in a snow globe. How is he still so thirsty? I was like, <laughs> this man, someone like cool him off. I don't understand. Like he is so like he sees a woman and he goes feral. I'm like, oh, my gosh. But it also, I think the reason why I liked this one is because it gives off Looney Tune vibes. Yes. Like he's stuck in a snow globe. He sees like the girl and it's almost like Bugs Bunny-esque where like you can see the heart eyes popping out. Yep. But then he tries everything to get out of the snow globe. Like he brings out like a flamethrower at one point, I think. He does like uh, one of those drills like construction workers use. (laughs) And it's so funny because it's like nothing's in the snow globe with him. Like where is he getting all this stuff? Um, (laughs) But the best part and the part that I forgot about until the rewatch is when like he falls and then he falls in a fish tank and then the fish tank like he gets trapped in the snow globe again. After he sees a mermaid, and I thought that was just the icing on the cake. I loved it. This is hell yeah, brother for me. Yeah, this is a hell yeah, brother for me. This <laughs> one's a really good one. Big this is, fan. It's very funny. The next one is honestly one of the ones that I remember the most. Yep. Jerry's Game. It came out in 1997 and was directed by Jan Pinkova. A clinically insane man plays chess against himself and loses... Question mark? Question mark? <laughs> so many question marks this episode. 
<laughs> this is one of the shorts that sticks with me the most because I remember watching this before A Bug's Life so yep. many times. And I remember thinking he was two men, even though like at the beginning, yes. you see him like you obviously as an adult, like you see him move from side to side. But as a kid, I thought it was like two of them. Like I thought there was two men there. Yeah, and it's so interesting because even as a kid, you watch him get up and walk across the table or like walk around the table to go sit across from himself. And somehow you still think that it's two guys because he does such a good job, I guess, acting and playing as if he's two guys. (laughs) Honestly, this is still, even though there's other ones that we're going to go through that I do really love, Mm -hmm. this is still the number one Pixar short for me. This one- It's just, it's so clever and it's so funny, even now, to rewatch. Like, this is a big hell yeah, brother, for me. This one, if (laughs) I had a top three, this is number one in the top three. This is big time hell yeah, brother. This is is big time (laughs) hell yeah. Hell yeah, brother. This is full mustache. (laughs) This is full, like, flame, bandana, beard, mustache, everything. Hulk Hogan, hell yeah, brother. This is... This one is so good because I love that he played himself and tricked himself for his own teeth. (laughs) Like just for his own teeth that are in his pocket the whole time. We love love an extra king. I love that he pretends (laughs) to have a heart attack. And then his other version of himself is also checking his own heart. Well, like looks under the table and then is checking his own heartbeat. Like he didn't just do it. Like the dedication. Honestly, though, like if this was a one man show in like a basement in New York City, I would watch it. I would pay absolutely big bucks to watch it. So funny. The dedication is insane. I loved this one. I definitely, hell yeah, brother. It was so good. And it never gets old. Never gets old. It's still just as good as the first time I watched it. Yeah. The next one is called For the Birds. It came out in 2000 and was directed by Ralph Eggleston. And the description is, a group of bullying bird brains get a heaping dose of karma. I actually remembered this one when it started up. I was like, oh, yeah, this one is funny. This one is is a lot of fun. It's a good it's a good one. I do like this one a lot. I do, too. Honestly, this is another one that I remember the most. Um, I don't remember what movie it came before, but like this little short was so much fun. I love that. Like, even just the little birds making fun of the big bird had me cackling because they were all like, like, just making fun of him with, like, their tongues out and stuff. And I was like, we don't condone bullying, but they're so funny. Like, they're so tiny. Oh, okay. I was wrong. Nick Knack was before Finding Nemo. Oh. And this was before Monsters, Inc. Oh, okay. So. That makes sense. Still I definitely, I definitely saw For the Birds more than I saw Nick Knack. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. I I remember this one very distinctly. <laughs> yeah. And then like I just I love I love instant karma. I love that they made fun of him and they like pushed him off and then they all end up losing all their feathers and they like rain from the sky naked. They were incredible bullies. Just like so when funny. he's like the big bird is basically trying to sit on the telephone wire with all the little mm-hmm. birds. And he's like, they hate him because he's too heavy and he's clumsy and awkward and doesn't yeah. fit in with them. And he's goofy. 
At some point, he ends up upside down, and he's hanging from the wire with one foot, and they start pecking at his feet. (laughs) They start pecking at it until he's got, like, Mm -hmm. one finger left, and he's, like, falling, and they're, like, they're, like, chanting. They're, like, ha, ha, ha. (laughs) Like, oh, my God. (laughs) They deserved everything that happened to them. (laughs) It was so good. It was so Um, good. It was hilarious. This one is definitely a hell yeah, brother, for me. I love this one so much. Yeah, this is also a hell yeah, brother, for me. This one is really good. I could watch this one again and again. <laughs> yeah. Um, the next one is Boundin. It came out in 2003. It was directed by Bud Lucky. Yeah, I initially read his name as Bad Lucky. Um, <laughs> apparently, I can't read. So the description is a dancing sheep gets humiliated every year when he's shaved for his wool, but a strange new friend teaches him to embrace his gifts. I think this one came out with the Incredibles. Really? Yeah. This one, I like vaguely remembered, Mm. but it didn't stick with me at all. Like I I, like remembered, like the only part I remembered was the sheep basically getting shaved and like thrown back and that's it. But I think I really only remembered that because it reminds me of Emperor's New Groove where he's like in Mm. the rain as the llama. (laughs) That's all I could think about. Yeah. I just remember like, I think I mostly remember the jackalope or whatever it's called, like bouncing everywhere and then teaching the sheep how to bounce. But I, I personally, I'm going to put this one in lukewarm just because this one doesn't really stick with me. And this is one of the only shorts, at least that I noticed from the group that we watched to have people that were like talking and singing the whole time. Like most of them are mostly like songs and the characters are pretty quiet. But I noticed this one, like the jackalopes talks, the sheep talks the entire time. Like there's a narrator. There's a like at one point they sing songs. I was like, what the heck? Like. Yeah, I feel like a lot went into this. I feel like that's kind of what takes me out of this. I feel like Pixar shorts are known for the fact that they have no dialogue and they tell Mm -hmm. a story without dialogue. Like we'll get to there's one later. I think it's Lava that there is singing in that kind of tells the story. But mostly they they don't have no dialogue. There's no speaking. And you're supposed to understand the story based on voices based on or based on expressions based on basically just the visual effects and that kind of is what makes them so endearing and so Mm -hmm. I feel like when you include actual words and actual dialogue it completely takes me out like it completely takes me out of the magic of it like what's the difference between watching this and then watching what I'm about to watch which is a Pixar movie like I want to watch a short you know? Yeah. So I'm lukewarm on this too. I think it's cute and I think it's really well done, but it just, it takes me out when I can hear people speaking in these. Yeah. And I think that this one deserves lukewarm as well, because I feel like it actually had a message in it too. Like embrace, embrace yourself, embrace the, how different you are. Um, and like, even though others might make fun of you, like live your truth basically. So I'm like, I feel like it's lukewarm because it actually had a message for me as well. Otherwise it probably would have been absolutely not if it was just, Oh, this guy, like the sheep is just going to grow its wool every year and then get shaved. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So yeah. And then let me see what the next one is. Okay. So the next one is one man band came out in 2006 and was directed by, Andrew Jimenez and Mark Andrews. 
It's about two starving musicians battling for a little girl's money. I had never seen this one before. Me either. Or at least if I have, I did not remember it. This one was funny. This one was actually, <laughs> I thought the little girl was really funny. I think yeah. the battle, like I get the comedy behind the battle and I think that was fine. Really, like the part that got me again was when the little girl finally loses her coin. It's basically mm -hmm. the two battling musicians are trying to get a coin from a little girl. She mm -hmm. eventually loses the coin because they get two in her face and then she yeah. gets all upset and then she demands their instruments from them <laughs> and she takes them and she plays better than they do and then immediately yeah. gets like a sack of gold. And mm -hmm. I just thought that she was like incredibly funny. And I guess maybe that's yeah. the fun twist of it is like she's so cute and sweet and innocent the whole th like the whole time. And then you suddenly find out she's like an ultimate sass queen. So yeah. I thought it was cute. I thought it was funny. It wasn't something that I'm going to think about or come back to, I think. Yeah, this little short is honestly what I think of every time I record because I feel like this is <laughs> this is how I must sound to you with like just a one woman <laughs> like just a one woman uh instrument making so much noise that you have to edit out. <laughs> <laughs> also i don't know if you've ever seen the kids show masha and the bear no but this the little girl reminded me a lot of masha um maya used to watch that show but i really liked this one man band one i thought it was really cute and i love how like not only did she demand like money from them and they couldn't pay her so they had to give her an instrument but like the one musician like stole the other musician's instrument and was like, <laughs> you can have his. It was very cute. I liked this one, but I'm conflicted between Hell Yeah Brother and Lukewarm because I feel like I probably wouldn't rewatch this one often. Yeah, this one's lukewarm for me. I don't think it's bad. I just don't think it's something that like I'm super into and going to rewatch. I did. Like yeah, I, said, I did think that like the last whatever minute of it was super funny. But yeah, I don't know. It didn't. uh it didn't like touch me or yeah. stick out to me in a specific way. It wasn't like, wow, this is one yeah. of the best. Yeah. Um, okay, so I'll just put this one in lukewarm. Stop copying me. <laughs> I'm not copying you. We're working together. Um, <laughs> teamwork. <laughs> teamwork. What are you doing, bro? This next one, I'm so excited. I am so excited about this next one. <laughs> this one is one of my favorites. I'm just going to flat out say it right now. Yep. Lifted. It came out in 2007 and was directed by Gary Rydstrom. An alien fails at abducting, and it is amazing. This one has skyrocketed into my top three. I had yeah. never seen it before we did this rewatch. Me either. And, okay, it's about an alien, guys, so obviously I like it. But mm -hmm. this one legitimately made me laugh out loud while Same. I was watching and I was not expecting it <laughs> I had no I was like oh my gosh hilarious an alien abduction and the second that they like he hit the wall and they flashed yes. it inside the spaceship and it's just a guy <laughs> desperately trying to figure out which button to press and the dude just keeps clicking his pen and writing on the board I was done I laughed so so hard and then the part where the little shadow of the guy is like bouncing around the house and yes. he's just trying to figure oh my god I thought this was hilarious this was so good it was amazing I just loved I loved every second of it I loved that like they did the details where like every knob 
that he was supposed to be like <laughs> controlling everything looked the same he had no idea what he was doing like you said the guy watching him just kept clicking his pen and making notes like he was failing like a driver's <laughs> test oh it was hilarious and then I loved how like he steps in and he like fixes everything after the guy messes up and um and then he's like, he's like, I feel bad. Let me give him, let me give him the steering wheel. Let me ha- like, let him get us out of here. And he just right. crashes into the house. And I literally <laughs> laughed so hard stop laughing. <laughs> and then I was like, it's actually impressive how hard the guy was sleeping. But like, could you imagine the headache he must have felt in the morning? Oh my God. It was so, so funny. So funny. Because then if you, if you last until the credits, you can hear the dude's alarm clock go off and then him start screaming because he realized <laughs> what happened it's so funny it was so so good that was very good it was like a definitive hell yeah brother this yeah. one is so good big hell yeah brother on this one i will absolutely watch this again and i'm gonna show it to tyler because i don't know if yes. he's seen it and he needs to a1 love it like steph and i are both like we want we played alien invasion on mini clips when we were younger this is, <laughs> we did. This is it this is it um this is the one. And then the next one is another Hell Yeah Brother for me. Uh, Presto. 2008 was directed by Doug Sweetland. Its <laughs> description is a very hangry bunny gets revenge when his magician partner refuses to feed him before a show. <laughs> I feel like this whole thing was just stuff that you would do to someone if they didn't feed yes. you. <laughs> yes. This bunny is me and I am him and we are one. Um. This reminded me so much of Tom and Jerry slash like I'm going to bring up Looney Tunes again. Like, yeah, the whole like duck season, rabbit season, like going back and forth. Like this was giving very like Tom and Jerry vibes to me as well. I felt like the magician was very much Tom and the funny was very much Jerry. Um, I loved every second of it. Yeah, I really like the concept of the hat coming out of the other hat Mm -hmm. I was obsessed with that I was like I have not even like because you know everybody wants to know how does a magician pull a rabbit out of his hat yeah I just love the idea that it's like two-way hats and yeah his hand pops out the other side and just all the weird and wacky things that he made like go through the hat or happen to the hand as it popped out the other side so yes. funny so funny. I just love that it escalated so quickly so quickly it started off like it started off with him just like slapping the guy's hand against a door and like he was doing it so nonchalantly but like he told him straight up like Should've he slammed it. his he slammed his hand against the door and then he literally pointed to his mouth and was like I'm hungry should have given him the carrot like I mean, if you had a carrot the whole time why did you not just yeah. put the carrot through the hat and then give it to it's the bunny so rude so funny I loved every second of it. It's Hell Yeah Brother for me. What about you? Yeah, this one's a Hell Yeah Brother for me. It's a good one. All right. The next one is Partly Cloudy. Um, It came out in 2009 and was directed by Peter Sohn. This one is mainly just, the description is just words. Um, <laughs> storks, clouds, babies, alligators, football gear, and friendship. I don't know how much clearer I can be, guys. This one was actually kind of cute. I Yeah. I don't remember watching this one. I must have because I th- I think it came out before Up. Yeah, I was gonna say I must have watched it. 
I this one didn't stick with me, I guess, when it first came out, but I thought it was so cute this time. Mm. And I just like I one, I like the idea of the storks showing or like showing up with different babies. So like not just mm-hmm. human babies, but like kittens and ducks yeah. and puppies and stuff. And this one like made me sad for like a hot second when I thought his stork friend ran away. Yes. But I also just thought that this was like this is just really cute. Like he's yes. he, like, sorry, undesirable animals, quote unquote, also have babies and they deserve to have their babies delivered by stork. And like, yeah, I don't know. It was really cute. This one made me like, oh, out loud. So. <laughs> At first it was giving full Hercules vibes. Yeah. Like when Zeus makes Pegasus out of like cumulonimbus and stuff and just yeah. like brings him to life. And I just love how everyone's happy having a blast and this mangy stork is literally <laughs> fighting for his life. I was like, is anyone going to step in? Um, like nobody at all. I want to see management. Like bring me, bring me the manager. But like you said, when his friend, like it's the storm cloud, when his little friend stork flies away because he keeps getting beat up and stuff by all these animals. I was like, oh, because he was so sad. So I was so sad. And it was so unexpected when he came back, like, with the football gear and, like, put the pads on and put the helmet on just so that he could still help his friend and be there. I was like, so cute. Yeah, this made me literally go aw out loud. So this one's a hell yeah, brother, for me. I don't know that I can, like, emotionally handle watching it again, but I really liked it. (laughs) It was very cute. And I will say I did rewatch it again because Maya really wanted to show her dad oh <laughs> this one so um it was very cute i'm gonna say hell yeah brother as well so good um the next one is day and night it came out in 2010 and was directed by teddy newton and basically it's about would daytime and nighttime get along if they were people this one was weird this one was lukewarm for me i liked the message I'm not going to lie, though. I watched it a few hours ago and I forgot about its its existence already. Yeah, that's honestly, I'm giving this one a disappointing because this one did not hit for me. I this one was forgettable. It it did not hold my attention. I get the message of it, but it wasn't funny to me. It just it was so forgettable. And I think watching it after it had come you know like or it came after knickknack jerry's game for the mm. birds lifted presto like it came yeah. after you know partly cloudy, so many like heavy we just hitters said, so many heavy hitters this one just fell flat for me and i think maybe it's just not fair because it came after all of these like really great ones in a row but yeah yeah this one i couldn't get into it i think the reason why i would give this one lukewarm is because like I like how different the style of it was. Like, I really thought that the animation was so creative. How it was, like, showing the beach at nighttime, but the silhouette was there. And then it was showing the beach at daytime. And then that silhouette was there. And, like, how everything was changing. And also how the characters spoke through sounds that you would hear during that time of day. That's, like... I think that's the main thing that saved this for me was like how artistic and creative it was in that sense where they were like, okay, this one's going to speak by owl sounds or this one's going to speak by like the sound of a car. You know what I mean? Like that you would hear during the day. Um, I thought that that was really cool. Yeah. So should we rock, paper, scissors for this one? (laughs) Should we? (laughs) 
Um, yeah, let's do it. Ready? Okay. Rock, paper, scissors, scissors shoot. shoot. What did I you have do? Scissors. I have scissors too. Okay, let's do it again. Rock, rock paper, paper, scissors, scissors shoot. shoot. What did rock. you do? Same. Okay, okay. this is not going to work. Okay. <laughs> I'm thinking of a number. Just kidding. Okay, one more time. One more time. Okay. Rock. rock. Paper, scissors, shoot. I have rock. I have scissors. Okay. Boom. This is a disappointing. (laughs) Steph, the reigning champ. Next, La Luna. It came out in 2011 and was directed by Enrico Casarosa. I like that. Casarosa. That's beautiful. Casarosa. Yes, I love it. Um, it's about three fishermen working to help the moon reach different phases. Okay. This one, I am not kidding you. The second that this one hit credits, I went, that was so cute. <laughs> <laughs> um, You guys, this short is stunning. It's gorgeous and so clever. I, I can't even like describe how clever this was or how like intensely creative this short was like a lot of ones we've talked about so far have been yes clever in their comedy Mm -hmm. but like this one as a concept and as an art style it just felt like something you would literally read in a children's book like I felt like I was reading like a kid's book about like a little boy who goes out with his dad and grandpa and they are fishermen, but they fish up to the moon and they have to like climb a ladder to get up there and they scrape the shooting stars off the moon. Like I was so in love with this, with this short. This was gorgeous. I was very confused by this short at first. I was like, okay, they got up to the moon. They're sweeping. They're mopping. Like the part where he compared the the broom to the dad's mustache and yeah. then the mop to the grandpa's beard had me cackling. But I was, I was like, okay, what are they doing? Like, why are they sweeping? Like, why are they cleaning the moon? Like, what is the purpose? Yeah. And at the end, when it shows that they made the crescent moon, I was like, Oh, this is so cute. But you cannot tell me that that is not Julia's dad from Luca. <laughs> I haven't seen Luca. So I'm going to take your word. <laughs> like the dad has both arms in, in the short, obviously. And Luca, Julia's dad only has one arm. You cannot tell me that that is not him. Like, <laughs> that is insane. Like, first we see Jerry from Jerry's game in Toy Story 2, and now this. Right, right. You guys, are, you guys ain't slick. <laughs> I am going to put this in Hell Yeah, Brother. This was so stunning. Yeah, immediate Hell Yeah, Brother for me. Like I said, once you get to the end and you see the twist of how they're making the phases of the moon, obsessed. This was gorgeous. So good. Would rewatch this 35 times. Yeah. It was very cute. The next one is The Blue Umbrella. It came out in 2013 and was directed by Sashka Unseld. And the description is, in a city full of black umbrellas, a blue umbrella falls in love with a red umbrella. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's all that happens. This one was a disappointing for me as well. Mm. This one couldn't hold my attention either. I, I was like, okay, I mean, umbrellas... All right. I thought some of the animation in this was really pretty. I thought some of it was very, very cool. But as like a story, this one didn't really hold my attention. 
This one was also kind of forgettable for me. Yeah. I loved how everything came to life. Like you said, I love New York City in general as a setting. I loved how everything in the background was smiling, was frowning when things were going bad, and also that they were helping the blue umbrella. Like, I really liked that part. There was one part, too, where, like, something happens, like, the umbrella blew away from its owner or something and one of the buildings had like the biggest shock face. face yeah and it <laughs> literally made me laugh out loud i was like same i would give this one lukewarm just because i like how the red umbrella had a red like had a owner that had red galoshes on and like the blue umbrella had blue galoshes and they fell in love and then the umbrellas got to stay together i thought it was really cute it kind of reminded me of 101 Dalmatians. Yes! Like the Dalmatian with the red collar, the Dalmatian with the yes! blue collar, and they stay together. Yeah. It was very cute. And then the contrast with like the rainy, dark and dreary New York City, and then these bright, colorful umbrellas. I thought it was really, I thought it was cute. We'll give this one lukewarm for you. <laughs> no, don't do that. Don't do that because you pity me. <laughs> I don't need your pity. Square up. Let's do rock, paper, scissors again. I need to redeem myself. No, I, you make a good argument. We can do lukewarm for this one. I like that. And back to day and night. Lukewarm. <laughs> no, that one is staying and disappointing. I tried. Um, the next one is lava. It came out. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah, it is. You're right. <gasps> I can read. <laughs> Stop belittling me on my own <laughs> on my own shared podcast. Steph. I had scrolled too far down. <laughs> Steph's like, I made a simple mistake. Stop being a drone. Please relax. Stop, <laughs> stop being a Jerry. <laughs> I'm like fake having a heart attack over here. So the next one is Lava, Steph. It came out in 2014 and was directed by James Ford Murphy. Three names. Fancy. And it's about a volcano looking for lava. I love this one so much. (laughs) This one's very cute. I love this one. This is the only one that really gets a pass for me in terms of like using dialogue. Cheesiness. Yeah. Well, like they use, they don't even use dialogue. It's a song that plays and it tells the whole story. But they also had a narrator too. So that was like. Yeah. He's like a narrating song. A lot of talking. Yeah. Yeah. But this one makes me so happy, and the song is so catchy, and I think about it a lot, so I like this one. Yeah. At first, I was like, like, are, we're doing this? Like, we're committing to I Lava You? Like, we're we're doing this, okay? Mm-hmm. And then I couldn't get the song stuck out of my head e- either, and it was like, okay. I wish I could have been there for this pitch. It felt like somebody went to a t-shirt shop, saw I Lava You on a t-shirt, and was like, absolutely, this is what we're doing. (laughs) At first, while watching this, I was like, if he doesn't get to meet this woman, I'm going to be so mad. Like, if they don't get to be either above water or below water together, I'm going to be pissed. Like, I'm going to (laughs) riot. I'm going to explode like a volcano. I literally was like so angry. But they um, do get together, and it's so they cute, do. and they make a little heart island. It's very cute. I really liked this one. Me too. This is a hell yeah, hell brother, yeah brother. Yep. Hell, hell yeah, yeah, brother. Hell yeah, <laughs> hell yeah. Uh, the next one is Sanjay's Super Team. 
It came out in 2015 and was directed by Sanjay Patel. It's about a young boy's daydream that combines his religion and his passion for superheroes. This is another one that I had also either not seen or not remembered, but I'm pretty sure hadn't seen. I think this came out before The Good Dinosaur, and I never saw The Good Dinosaur. So this one was cute. I was not expecting how cute this one was. Yeah. I have only seen The Good Dinosaur one time, and so it makes sense that I probably wouldn't remember this one. But And I'm also late for everything, so (laughs) I feel like I probably got to The Good Dinosaur, like when they were already five minutes into the movie like you know it's bad you know it's bad when you get there and the credits are like are done and it's like five minutes into the movie Lex is 20 minutes late to a movie (laughs) (laughs) and everyone always complains there was like it's always 15 minutes worth of commercials and I'm like well I got there 20 minutes late sorry I love that one Sanjay Patel wrote this about his own personal childhood because it definitely felt very real like like someone was actually like having this daydream like something that could actually happen right and two I love that he made it about the struggle of growing up loving superheroes and being forced to practice like Hinduism with his father um, but that he was able to combine the two like I loved that I thought it was so original it reminded me it really reminded me of like being forced to go to CCD or like mass when we were younger and like me and my sisters could not keep it together like no that's exactly my thought I was like I remember the amount of times that I would sit there in like church or wherever and like literally just like zone out and daydream and literally go on my own adventures like this in my head and how just like I don't know relatable that is as a child yes that you're doing something you don't want to do. And so you mentally go somewhere else. And I I do like how in his daydream, you know, they become part of his super team, like his gods become part of his super team. And I just thought it was really cute because like, again, they always hit you with the sad feels where the dad is all like sad that his son isn't paying attention. And then he shows him that he drew them into his, you know, super team. And then they bond over that. This one was really cute. This one was relatable and childish and cute and I loved it this one made me jealous I wish when I was in mass I had been dreaming about like the 12 disciples as like superheroes or ninjas (laughs) or something they could have been messing some stuff up but oh my gosh I I loved this one I thought it was really adorable and like I don't know about you but I was like they should make a whole series about like this you know what I mean no I had the same thought I was like please make this into its own film because this is so good yes like I wanted to see more and that's why I think this one's like a hell yeah brother for me yeah this one's a hell yeah brother I will definitely watch this one again I really love this one yeah the next one is Piper and I'm so excited for this one because it's like (laughs) the one bird I can stand oh so cute I don't even know why I said cute like that. It's so cute. (laughs) You were overtaken. (laughs) Yes. Overwhelmed by emotion. This one came out in 2016 and was directed by Alan Barriaro. Is that how I I say that? That sounds right. I'm going to say yes. Alan, it's either Barriaro or Barilaro. Um, And that one does not sound (laughs) right. That doesn't sound right. That doesn't sound sound correct. Yeah. Barriaro. So it's about a baby bird learning to face her fears. I remembered this one. Yes. I don't know which movie it came out. Maybe Inside Out? 
Oh, I don't know. I don't know question. which movie this one came out with, but I remember this one. And I remember thinking this was really cute when I watched it. And I still think it's really cute rewatching it. <laughs> as someone who's afraid of water as a child, this one really stuck with me. <laughs> this one is so precious. Oh, I was like, we have the same fears. And she faced hers, and I haven't. <laughs> I just looked it up. It came out before Finding Dory. Oh, okay. Then that makes sense. I saw Finding Dory in theaters. So Yeah. This one was so cute. The animation, you guys, is insane. Like, they look like real birds. You forget that they're fake birds. I know Disney had over 30 years. Like, Pixar had over 30 years between this one and the first short. But it shows. Like, the difference is insane. The ability to strike realism with this one is wild. The Yeah, like Lex said, it's insane. The complete difference, the amount of detail, the way that the birds move. Again, you forget that you're watching a cartoon bird. They look like real birds. It's crazy. Like, I'm sorry, the part where she gets hit with the water and then not even two seconds later you see her and she's like shaking and her feathers are everywhere. It was so cute so cute she's really precious and really endearing and really sassy and I loved it I love that she like stood there with her mouth open and was like mom feed me and mom was (laughs) like get your own food and she was just like no feed me like so adorable just the cutest I really really love this one I I thought this one was so cute as well so I'm gonna give this hell yeah brother this is a hell yeah brother Literally, our list for Hell Yeah, Brother is so long. You know what? It's because there's so many of them are good. They it's are only so the first good. ones that are traumatizing. That's very true. And apparently day and night for Steph. She's af- yeah. she's afraid of the night. Not even traumatizing. That was just she's disappointing. She's afraid of the daytime. <laughs> That's true as well. <laughs> she's afraid. So the um the next one is called Lou. Um, It was released in 2017 and was directed by David Mullins. It's about a bully learning to be nice when a lost and found bin comes to life and mollywops him. So this one, I wasn't sold on at first. Yeah. This one, like, I did not like when the lost and found bin, Lou, when he came out as all the things and, like, was changing shapes into all types of, like, weird creatures. Mm -hmm. I was like, this one's kind of weird. This one's kind of weird. I don't know if yeah. I like this one. And then this one freaking gut punches you. It sneaks up on you so hard. <laughs> you are like, you're watching this. You're like, oh, okay, I get it. I get it. Okay. He, he finds his little toy that he lost. And then he decides to start giving toys back to the kids that they lost. That's in Lost and Found Bin. Mm-hmm. And when you get to the end and he goes back to the Lost and Found Bin and there's no toys left. And he realizes <laughs> that his friend is gone. I was unwell. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, this one choked me up. And obviously he like makes friends and becomes not a bully and the kid like hugs his toy. But when you get like, you don't realize that you're attached to this stupid lost and found bin until yeah. he's gone. Oh my God. This one almost made me cry. This one really sucker punched me. I wasn't ready for it. Yeah. I mean, at first I like how, I really love the message in this one how like the bully first of all is being a horrible person to every single person but then right when he gets molly which was like well deserved lou 
I guess his name's Lou, but I was yeah. like, why is it Lou? Like, Lost and Found is LAF, and then the kid's name was JJ. I was very confused. The missing letters. The missing letters spell oh, out yeah, Lou. yeah, I forgot about that. But anyways, so Lou, I guess the, the sweater's name was Lou or something. So I'll just call him Lou. Lou was basically like, give all of the belongings back to the kids, right? So, like, right. The, the bully starts giving toys to everyone, and then he, like, he knows that, Lou has like the toy from back when he was younger and so like the whole time he's like trying to give toys back just so that he can get his old toy back but then like not only does he run out like not only does Lou disappear because he gave everything back but like he no longer cares about his toy after a while like he just likes giving people the stuff back and like seeing them play he with everything. about the toy. Like he forgot about it until he saw it again. And then he was like, oh my gosh. Like he was so excited. And I was like, oh, that is so precious. I love that he like learned to be selfless and like was happy to bring joy to others. And the layers of it that he was bullied first and that made him a bully. Yeah. Like, oh, this one, I was so sure going into it that I was going to be like lukewarm on this one. And mm. then when I got to the end, immediate hell yeah, brother. Immediate. Like <laughs> the second that I was choking up over a stupid lost and found bin, like hell yeah, brother. <laughs> so. Yeah. It was very cute. Honestly, though, I wouldn't say that I would rewatch this one a ton. I would say that at least for me, I would put this one in lukewarm because Ooh. I kind of forgot about it until like we got into the list again um like there are a few that really hit you that are like oh my gosh like knickknack is great for the birds is great like la luna was stunning like this one in my opinion kind of gets lost a little bit at least in my opinion it was a little bit more forgettable but i don't know so you you said you would put this under hell yeah brother right yeah i also have just never watched this one before so this is the first time i've ever seen this one and just purely for the fact that like I wasn't expecting to get so attached by the end and that I started to get like really emotional about the idea that like he didn't have his friend anymore but then like his friend was dispersed amongst all the kids like yeah very emotional for me but I'm also like very sentimental about like toys and childhood and Mm. all that stuff so almost like you have a podcast about it almost like I have a podcast about it weird how that works um yeah so i don't know this one is that yeah i don't know we could split the difference on this one (laughs) oh no i'm like should we flip a coin (laughs) uh let's put this one on the line okay i like it um and then the next one is bow i this one came out in 2018 and was directed by, I'm not sure if I'm saying her first name right, but by Domi Shi. It's about a mother who has to learn to accept that her child is growing up. And this short wrecked me. This one, I feel like people did not like this one when it came out. Because I remember watching this in theaters and thinking that this was brilliant. That this was yeah. a brilliant piece of media. And I remember people very specifically being like, I don't like that. She just eats him. Like, that's so weird. And I'm like, ah, oh, but you need the, the symbolism. Yeah. The symbolism of she doesn't want him to grow up. And she's literally trying so hard to prevent him from growing up that she's like eating their symbolic relationship. Like yes. she's consuming it and destroying it. 
And then obviously when you get to the end and you see like her actual son who looks like the bow. And like it clearly like it wasn't him. You know what I mean? Like it was like the dumpling wasn't her son. Like when she eats him in the end. She's not eating her kid. She's she's eating eating her kid. The metaphorical relationship. She's eating (laughs) a dumpling, damn it. And then her son comes back and like you know it wasn't the dumpling because like her son comes back and her son's with the fiance of the dumpling. So it's like the dumpling was never really there in my opinion. I'm like, I feel like it was all a dream. I feel like people didn't get the whole point of it. Like, yeah, do not take it so literally that she's eating her child. She's not eating her child. She's metaphorically stunting him forever and like trying to prevent him from growing up. And Oh, I just, I love this one. I love it so much. And I feel like it's completely underrated. Yeah, I completely agree. I put this one in Hell Yeah, Brother. Cause this I, is a Hell Yeah, Brother. I loved it. I love I love how lonely she was. Like, it sounds horrible. I love how, like, how they had their little traditions and she was just trying to hold on to everything. Ugh, it was it just was really so cute. Really cute. It was so good. And then the last one that we have is Burrow. This one came before Soul. <laughs> yes, it came out in 2020 and was directed by Madeline Sharafian. It's about a bunny learning that asking for help is better than drowning. Yay! I vaguely remembered the plot of this one. This was cute. I thought this was kind of funny. This kind of reminded me, again, sort of the way the La Luna did of like, watching a children's book come to life in real time Mm -hmm. like I could see this animated in a children's book and like in my brain I can see like the pages of this as a book and like follow the storyline this one was cute this isn't like my favorite one though yeah I'm gonna put this this is lukewarm yeah this is definitely lukewarm for me I thought it was cute I liked the animation style a lot yeah it was very different I thought that the story was kind of average but I did like how, like, in the end, they were all kind of living together and, like, built, like, a little town underground, which was cute. Yeah, I like the message of, like, you can't do it all by yourself. Sometimes you need the village. Sometimes you need help and you need friends yeah. and you need people around you. And, yeah, I I think that the message of this one was cute. I think the animation's yeah. cute. But I don't think this is something that I'm going to go and rewatch a lot, yeah. if at all. Again, this one was kind of forgettable for me. Like, yeah, I even forgot it to the point where I forgot to add it to the outline. So that's, <laughs> <She> how, <did. laughs> that's how forgettable it was for me. But I thought it was cute. But yeah, not something I'm going to rewatch. Yeah, I agree. So let's get into our conclusion. Let's do it. Now that we're through all <laughs> of them. Thanks for sticking with us, guys. So starting with the top. Our Hell Yeah Brother category has Knickknack, Jerry's Game, For the Birds, Lifted, Presto, Partly Cloudy, La Luna, Lava, Sanjay's, Super Team, Piper, and Bow. Our Lukewarm section has Luxo Jr., Boundin, One Man Band, The Blue Umbrella, and Burrow. Oh, and I, forgettable again, I almost forgot, between Hell Yeah Brother and Lukewarm, we have Lou. And then the lowest of the low, we have Nightmare Fuel slash Disappointment slash Absolutely Not. <sighs> we have The Adventures of Andre and Wally B, Red's Dream, Tin Toy, and Day and Night. Yep, I agree with these. 
There are so many in Hell Yeah, Brother, but Pixar is <laughs> just too good. They're just too good at it. So out of all these shorts, Tin Toy, Jerry's Game, For the Birds, Piper, and Bow all won Academy Awards for Best Animated Short Film. Wow. I agree with four of five of those. Yeah, Tin Toy should not have been <laughs> even nominated, so I don't know See, why it was. <laughs> you know what? I feel like... For animation's sake, since it was so old and like it, it was the first to come out, like one of the first ones, I feel like it was like, animation's revolutionary. Right. It wins. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like just because it was one of the, one of the newest at the time. Yeah, definitely. But nowadays, I don't agree. So Toy Story 4, which came out in 2019, was the first film to not have a theatrical short before the movie. Boo. So Coco Onward had theatrical shorts from other companies related to Disney. Luca Turning Red and Lightyear had no theatrical shorts before their movies. Boo. Boo. Down with them. (laughs) Give us shorts. And after we rated the shorts, we found some other lists online created by critics. Rotten Tomatoes rated 18 Pixar shorts from best to worst. Bao was ranked as the worst. They're <gasps> wrong. And Presto was ranked as the best. IMDb also rated each Pixar short film individually and then ranked them from best to worst as well. IMDb put La Luna as best and Tin Toy mm. as worst. IMDb is more correct. Yes. And lastly... BuzzFeed ranked Red's Dream as their least favorite short and Bao as their favorite. Thank you, BuzzFeed. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And you know what's crazy? Like Rotten Tomatoes, IMDb, they both rated every single short, like individually. I think I saw an IMDb that like Jerry's game had like 7.8 out of 10. Like they go in, they go hard for these shorts, guys. That's intense. Yeah. But most importantly, Little Miss Maya said that Piper was her favorite. Aww. And there really weren't any that she disliked, although she kept making us rewatch Tin Toy because the baby was so creepy and she just kept <laughs> laughing at how grossed out we were. So I think we should be concerned over her desire to torture us. But I feel like that's so on brand for Maya. <laughs> that is so on brand for her. She's a little, little crazy kid and I love it. All right. Well, guys, thanks for joining us. We will release our ratings on social media, so be sure to follow us. We can be found on social media at Chasing Childhood Podcast on Instagram and TikTok and on Facebook at Just Chasing Childhood. And send us your favorite Pixar shorts. We want to know what you think of them. Yeah, we would love to hear if you guys have different ratings than we do or different feelings on these because we are not the end all be all. We are just us. We're not. (laughs) we're not my very last one of the episode question mark (laughs) yeah question mark we're not i thought we knew everything we think we do (laughs) i would put us in the lukewarm category yeah we're lukewarm (laughs) jk we're hell yeah brother how would you guys rate us (laughs) don't answer that (laughs) bye everyone thank you